Hello and welcome to the Self-Publishing Journeys Author Bootcamp episode number one. I'm Paul Teague and today I'll be revealing the 10 things that you need to know about WordPress. Now I've been using WordPress for over 10 years now and 10 years ago when I was starting out on the web and learning to build my own sites for myself without paying somebody else to do it, there were really pretty well three choices in those days. There was WordPress, there was something called Joomla, which many people used in those days and some people still do. And there was something called um, Mambo as well. And uh, other people, there was an educational one that people still use too. But those were pretty well the CMS or content management systems that people were using then. Now I had moved on from making websites with Dreamweaver. I learned how to make websites in code and in Dreamweaver when I was working at the BBC. But even the BBC at that time was moving into CMS content management systems. And the problem with Dreamweaver was that you needed the geeks and the technical people to make websites for you. And the joy with these CMS or content management systems was that once they were installed, you generally needed a geek to install it for you in the first instance. But once they were installed, it was simply a case of creating posts and it was easy to upload images. And frankly, if you knew how to use Microsoft Word, if you could use a simple word processor to change your fonts, to add images, to bold and underlined text, you could pretty well work one of these CMS systems. And it was part of the democratization of the web in that it allowed, inverted commas, normal people to make websites without having to get caught in all the technical stuff. Now, I think there was a, a certain point and I remember I was doing some teaching at our local university and there was a point at which I pretty well said to the students, and this was a, a decade ago, possibly even longer, actually, if I think more carefully about the timeline, it might have been 12 years ago at the time of recording this, as long as that. But I can remember saying to the students, look, WordPress is my choice now. I always view it like a the battle between Betamax and video, you know, or, or mini discs and, and CDs or an mp3 files you know these kind of format battles that you have and there was a point with wordpress where i just thought you know this is the thing to use now there's no point using joom or any of the rest wordpress is the thing to use so i've been using wordpress quite happily for well over a decade and i've learned to install it i've learned to i've, I've managed uh, projects that have involved making and testing and selling plugins uh, for wordpress I've done all sorts of things with WordPress. I've installed it. It must be hundreds of times I've installed WordPress. I've cloned sites, you know, backed up sites. I've done virtually everything there is to do. Now, what I should stress is, is I'm not a technical guy. Although at times it might seem that I know a reasonable amount of technical stuff, I'm really not that technical. In the, if you ask me about the code inside WordPress, if you ask me all sorts of really kind of technical questions about it, you'll just get a blank look from me because I only know about WordPress in terms of what I need to know to use the thing. It's the same with cars. Uh, when I drive a car, I don't get excited about cars. I just want to know, is it going to start first time and is it going to get me there? And hopefully a reasonable degree of comfort. That's how I feel about WordPress. Well, it makes me websites. I could do it pretty easily. I know how to troubleshoot some of the common problems, but actually I don't really care how the code is made. I don't need to worry about that. I could leave that to the competent team who, who make that particular piece of software and keep it updated. That's not something that I need to, to bother with. So I, I think it's probably fair to say that I've probably got slightly more technical knowledge 
than uh, the average user needs. That's mainly because I've had to get you know down and dirty with it, solving lots of problems over the years. I've, I've just learned lots about it. But um, you know, don't let that put you off. What I'm telling you about WordPress and the way I teach WordPress is I want you to be able to use it. And I assume that you have no technical knowledge when I'm talking to you about this. And by no technical knowledge, I do expect you to know one end of a computer from the other. <laughs> I know, I expect you to be able to know what to do with the mouse. And I generally say to people when I'm working with them, look, if you can create an eBay listing, and if you think about what's involved in an eBay listing, you need to upload images, you've, you've got to write text, you've got to save documents, or or you've got to edit documents. Same with Facebook. If you can set up a Facebook account, you've got all the prerequisite skills that you need to be able to use WordPress. You really do not need to be a geek to use WordPress. So with all those things said, let's dive in and I'll reveal the 10 things that I think that you need to know about WordPress. Now, I've worked with a lot of people, individual businesses and slightly larger businesses on WordPress. And one of the first confusions is that there are two types of WordPress. There's WordPress.com and there's WordPress.org. And when I'm working with small businesses and I've got everybody in a room logging into computers, they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got a WordPress site. I've been using this for years. I look at the WordPress site and within minutes, I can see that it's not the kind of WordPress site that I'm talking about. So let's distinguish between the two. You've got WordPress.com and WordPress.org. At WordPress.com, you are a guest on WordPress.com in that you are allowed to create a WordPress website, but it is always hosted on the WordPress.com domain name. So for instance, if I wanted to set up a Paul Teague website on WordPress.com, when I registered for WordPress, and so long as I use the free service there, my WordPress website would be a subdomain of WordPress.com, which means it would look something like paulteague.wordpress.com. It would be something like, like that. So a subdomain of WordPress.com. And what that means is that I'm sitting on WordPress's web hosting, and I'm a guest there with all the other people on WordPress. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there are some provisos about it. And and actually, I think these are even more important now because whenever I, I look at WordPress.com, and I have to tell you that years ago, and actually, I think I said it was 10 years. It's actually 12 years ago. I can remember it was 2008 when I started messing around with Word, WordPress. So it, it, it's actually slightly longer than a decade. 2008 was when I got my own site in WordPress, the first time I ever blogged, and I got caught up with all these issues. And what I realized was that WordPress.com is a bit like a Wix website and that you are a guest on somebody else's web hosting. Now, I have got a WordPress.com website, which I had for as long as it took me to realize why I shouldn't have one of those things. Now, WordPress.com website allows you to make a website very quickly. It's totally ungeeky, but there are some restrictions that apply. Number one, you're going to start getting charged straight away if you want to start doing things like, I want to have my own domain name. So I don't want it to be paulteague.wordpress.com. I want it to be paulteague.com. So the first thing I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to buy a domain name. If I buy a domain name within wordpress.com, that's the first expense that I have to I have to get. And to be fair, that's true of any web hosting. You've always got to pay for that domain name. They don't come free. And if they do come free as part of an offer, then at the end of a year or the introductory period, you're going to be paying for that domain name every year. The other problem with WordPress.com is that it's limited 
in, in that you can't go over a certain speed. So you could only use certain plugins and you could only use certain themes. And depending on how much you want to push WordPress to do exactly what you want it to do, then you certainly can do that with WordPress. You may find that you're restricted with WordPress.com. But the other thing that I noticed with WordPress.com is that they've really monetized it now. And that to be honest with you, to do anything really that's worth doing, you're going to end up paying. And at that point, I say to you, well, wouldn't it be better to do it the way I'm going to tell you about in this presentation? Wouldn't it be better for you just to actually own the website on your own hosting so that you're in control, given that pretty well, you're going to end up paying on WordPress.com anyway. So it tempts you being free. It tempts you being really easy. But in actual fact, the way I'm going to tell you to deal with WordPress, it is still really easy. You don't need to pay a geek to do it because I'm going to tell you one of the secrets that many people don't know about WordPress, that you really can do it yourself without any kind of geeky skills. So that brings us to WordPress.org. Now, WordPress.org, if you go and look at that website, you will see there that you have to download some files for WordPress. And this is what puts people off with WordPress.org because they, they see WordPress.org, they, they click maybe that button, they download a load of files. And if they know how to unzip a, a, a file, because it's a zipped file, they unzip it, they have a look at it and they say, whoa, I can't do anything with that. I can't touch that. I haven't got a clue what to do. Let's quickly run back to WordPress.org. Now, let me tell you two things. Number one, WordPress.org is the format or the style, the form of WordPress that we're going to use, but we are not going to download it from WordPress.org and we are not going to install it in that way. We're going to do it in a completely different way that is extremely easy and tech-free. Now, I have downloaded the files from WordPress.org and I have created WordPress sites in the correct way. And I'm telling you, don't do it. It's something that you need to know about. You need to have a pretty good working knowledge of the web. So if I say things to you like FTP, if I say things to you like MySQL databases, if if I say to you about file permissions, if you hear me say those phrases and you haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, then do not download the files from WordPress.org and try and do it yourself. Now, I've done a lot of training with a lot of small businesses, and I remember doing a training once where there was a gentleman who'd spent months trying to work out how to install the files from WordPress.org, and he'd followed videos online. And when he came to my training and he explained what he'd done, I said to him, look, I've been doing this for over a decade, and let me tell you, I don't know where you got that way of installing the files, but I have never heard of anything like it. Talk about complicated. And that gentleman, incidentally, using the the style, the format, the technique that I'm going to tell you about in this presentation. He had, we started the training at 10 o'clock. This gentleman had a WordPress site of his own, doing it the way I tell him how to do it within an hour of that training. He could not believe that it had taken him so long following videos online. So, uh, you know, please sit back, relax. Trust me, I've done this many, many times. This is the quickest, simplest, geek-free way of installing WordPress. So I want you to walk away from WordPress.com and I want you to do it the way that I'm going to tell you about. And if you've got WordPress.com, by the way, don't think, oh my goodness, I've got it wrong. I've wasted all that time. I've got all that content. It really doesn't matter because you can export your content from WordPress.com and you could import all the work, all the files that you've done in WordPress.com you can very simply import them into a WordPress website 
of the style, the format, the way that it's installed that I'm going to explain to you. So don't worry about it. If you've been using WordPress.com for years, what I'm about to tell you still applies to you. You just simply download, you export your content, you import it into your new WordPress website, the way I'm going to tell you how to do it. And you won't, or you'll barely see the join, to be honest with you. That takes us to item number two in our top 10. And here's the advice to you. Do not install WordPress yourself. What you need to do is you need to find a hosting service with cPanel, a hosting service with cPanel. Now, cPanel is short for control panel. That's all it means. So you, you will see it written cPanel because it's a particular type of control panel. But that's what you're looking for. You need web hosting with cPanel. Now, the problem with most web hosting services is that they will give you one size fits all hosting, web hosting. So you want a website and, and, and frankly, most people don't make a conventional website these days. Most people use a content management system, something like WordPress. And to be honest with you, most people know to use WordPress these days. It's kind of hit that critical mass. I think most people would use WordPress, but you know, you get a lot of people who decide to go it alone to use different systems. Um, but I'm not going to delve into that. I'm going to tell you how to use WordPress. I'm not going to question whether we should be using WordPress or not. I'm just going to assume that we're using WordPress in this presentation. So don't install it yourself. You need to look for a web hosting service with cPanel. Most web hosting services um, are one size fits all. And so WordPress is just tacked on, it's, it's added on. And so therefore they, they won't necessarily offer you cPanel. Now, the great thing about hosting services with cPanel is they have what are called WordPress auto installers, auto installers. And that is a gift to us because what these auto installers do is with one click of a button, they will install WordPress the files from wordpress.org onto your web server space so that they take all the geekery and the pain out of it. So when I mentioned to you, you need to know about FTP, you need to know about MySQL databases, none of that applies when you get hosting services with cPanel because cPanel always has a WordPress auto installer. Remember cPanel just is short for control panel. It has a WordPress auto installer built in, which means you simply click on a button, the WordPress auto installer. You say, I want to create a WordPress website of this name. And I, this is my login details. Here's my, here's my password. My username is usually my email address. And then you click a button, which says install WordPress. It'll install WordPress and it will send you automatically an email to the email address that you used when you installed it with your login and access details. And it takes a minute. And when I show people this in training, when I'm working with local businesses and they've struggled with WordPress and they don't know how to do it, they haven't got a clue, or they've gone to agencies and said, how much is it gonna cost me to build a WordPress site? And they, of course, have you know quoted into the hundreds of pounds. They cannot believe how easy it is when I show them this technique. Uh, using an auto installer. Now, there are two, I think, again, you know, it's difficult if you blink, you miss this stuff, but I think there are, I think it's fair to say there are pretty well two auto installers that you'll come across. One is called Softaculous, which is a great name, isn't it? Softaculous. And the other is called Fantastico. Now, I think it's, again, it, I think it's probably fair to say that the, the problem when you say anything on the web is that it might all change within the next five minutes because it's just constantly shifting sands. But I, I think it's a reasonable thing to say that most control panels, C panels, 
have Fantastico. That's probably the most common, commonly used. Uh, that might not be true, but it, you'll certainly see a lot of them with Fantastico in. And I think it's fair to say also that Softaculous is becoming much more popular. I'm seeing it much more often now. Now, again, don't get confused with the name. cPanel is just short for control panel. A WordPress auto installer is simply something in, it's like a little button in, in your control panel that allows you with one click of a button to install WordPress with no geek whatsoever. All you've got to do is put a username and a password in, click install, and off it goes. You've got a WordPress site. It does all the technical stuff for you behind the scenes. And you will do that using a service that's most likely to be, there are others available, but it's most likely to be Softaculous and Fantastico. Don't get confused by the names. Just consider them like an app, for instance, on your phone. They're just a way of delivering a particular kind of service. Okay, so let's move on to number three. I'm going to be, I'm just going to stick my neck out here and say to you that I have used a lot of web hosting services over the years. But the one that I recommend now, without hesitation, is SiteGround. I use SiteGround for my web hosting, and I have used it for years. Now, let me give you some context with this. When I started internet marketing, which was again, 2008, 2009, everybody was using a service called HostGator. And I used HostGator very, very happily for many years. HostGator had cPanel with a WordPress auto installer called Fantastico. And that's how I cut my teeth, making many, many, many WordPress sites. Now, uh, HostGator is still very widely used. It's still a popular site, still very cheap. I even hosted, I used their cloud-based uh, servers. Um, I used more technical servers with HostGator when I had a Facebook software. I used HostGator for years. There are other services available which provide what SiteGround provides for you. But I can tell you that with all the hosting services that I've had, and I've used a lot of different ones, I've used some rubbish ones, I've used some great ones, um, SiteGround is where I've settled. And SiteGround, for several years now, has won votes for the best WordPress hosting. Now, let me tell you why I use SiteGround. Because SiteGround offers bespoke WordPress hosting at a reasonable price. What do I mean by that? Well, most web hosts will just, as I've said already, provide you with one-size-fits-all hosting. So you can put a website on there, you can put web files on there, anything, anything goes. It's just general web hosting. The problem with WordPress is, and again, you know, I've got to tell you the downsides about WordPress too, WordPress can be sluggish and slow. And the reason for that is it gets bloated with themes and plugins and that slows it down. And so what you get nowadays is dedicated WordPress hosting. That's hosting services that are tuned up specially to cope with WordPress and to make sure that WordPress runs correctly and at a decent speed. Now, think of it like your car. If you own a, a BMW car, then you will be able to get BMW parts and you'll probably be able to get um, duplicate parts or substitute parts that are way cheaper. Now, substitute parts probably do the job perfectly well. But as a BMW owner, you might say, well, actually, I'd rather get the bespoke parts because there's bespoke parts for BMW, made by BMW. They're made especially for that car. So I assume they're going to run better. Well, that's what WordPress hosting is like. It's fine. You can put a WordPress site on just general web hosting and it'll work and it's fine. It's like the compatible parts. It works fine. But you're probably better putting it on bespoke WordPress hosting because that hosting is specially tuned 
with a, a lot of knowledge about the way WordPress works and some of the problems with it about speed, but it's tuned up to make sure your WordPress site will perform best. So presumably it must make more sense to use the bespoke hosting. So I'm gonna to suggest to you that you use SiteGround hosting for WordPress, not their general hosting, but their WordPress hosting. And there are other things that come with this hosting. SiteGround comes with a built-in control panel. So instantly with SiteGround, um, you can install, you can auto-install in a matter of minutes, WordPress websites. Now I use the, 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 the kind of, go, they call it GoGeek. I use the GoGeek, which is the most expensive package that SiteGround offers. And I host about eight WordPress websites on one hosting package, but you probably don't need that. If you've only got one hosting package, then just go for the basic, which is just a couple of pounds a month, uh, not very expensive at all. It comes with a control panel. And when you've got a cPanel or a control panel, you can also set up as many emails as you want with your domain name. So for instance, the main domain name on my SiteGround hosting is paulteague.com. And using cPanel, I can, I can just set up as many email addresses as I like. So paul at paulteague.com. If I had staff members, I could have fred at paulteague.com, frida at paulteague.com, support at paulteague.com, info at paulteague.com. And I've got complete control of all those emails. I can forward them to Gmail. In fact, I do manage all of those emails in Gmail. I manage them through the cPanel that SiteGround gives me, but I've got complete control over all of those email addresses that I create. I can just create as many as I want delete them if I don't need them anymore. I've got complete control. I don't pay anything extra for that. They all come as part of my hosting. Now, the other thing that I think is really important, I'm going to be talking to you about the technical detail of this later, but I think most web hosts know, if you've got a website, hopefully you know this by now, and if you don't, don't worry, I'll be explaining it to you a little bit later on. I think most people understand now that we need to have an SSL certificate. This is the thing that puts a little padlock into the browser bar when we go to our website. If you haven't got that now, you need one and you have needed it for about a year, maybe over a year now at the time of recording this. With SiteGround hosting, you get a free SSL certificate with every domain name that you use with that hosting. And it's just a button to click. Now I can tell you, because I have installed these these SSL certificates, I have installed them at server level. So I've done it the geek way and I can tell you, you do not want to do that, okay? You will not, you probably won't be able to do it. I don't want to insult your technical skills, but unless you've got some advanced technical knowledge, you won't have a clue how to do it. You will need advanced server access. And I've done it a couple of times and I don't want to do it ever again. And the great thing is, is that with SiteGround, all I have to do is click a button and I've got SSL. It doesn't cost me anything extra. It's all bundled with my hosting. I love SiteGround. It takes all the strain away. If you're using WordPress, one button on auto install. If you need bespoke email addresses, one click, and you've got as many email addresses as you like. They're all involved. They're all included in your hosting package. If you know that you need an SSL certificate, you don't have to pay somebody 100 quid to sort it for you. It's all free. It's all bundled within your web hosting on SiteGround. You just click a button. There's no tech involved. Click a button, add the SSL certificate, and it's there. It's done, and you don't even have to think about it. So I'm going to be really, I'm just going to stick my neck out. I'm not going to give you a load of alternatives. I'm just going to tell you <laughs> that SiteGround hosting is the best hosting at the time of recording this for your WordPress website. It's also, I think, a balance. You can pay a lot of money for WordPress hosting. And for most website users, I'm assuming are just a, a general website 
creator like I am. I don't have zillions of hits and traffic or anything like that. If I did, I would probably need a, I need to pay more for the service. But as a general website user, just getting a reasonable number of web hits, you know, nothing extraordinary. We're not a Facebook or a Google or anything like that. We're not a Nike, you know, we're not a brand name. We're just getting a regular number of, of web hits. Then SiteGround WordPress hosting is a really great place to start. Now I have a, an affiliate link for SiteGround. I only affiliate uh, with products that I believe in and use. So you could get this hosting, you can get a direct link to this SiteGround hosting. It won't cost you anything extra. I just take a small commission on that because I referred you, or you can just go direct to SiteGround.com if you want to. But my referral link is paulteague.net forward slash SiteGround, paulteague.net forward slash SiteGround if you want to take a look at the WordPress hosting that I'm recommending to you. Item number four then in my top 10 is themes. It's best to get paid-for WordPress themes rather than free themes. Now, what's a theme? When you've got your SiteGround hosting, when you've used your one-click installer and you've got your WordPress website, your WordPress website will come equipped with a couple of free themes. And to be honest with you, they're perfectly all right. They're free themes and they're maintained, they're kept up to date. They're absolutely fine. They're WordPress-provided themes. In fact, WordPress every year creates a brand new theme uh, and gives it away for free. And they usually come ready bundled when you've installed a theme. Now, what is a theme? Well, a theme is a skin, uh, a design for your website. So you might say to me, well, um, when you install your WordPress site, well, that's not what I wanted. I wanted a great big image across the top with maybe it scrolls across automatically with images on it. And then below, I wanted three images that lead you to different parts of the website. And then right at the bottom of the website, I wanted a form that allows people to give me their name and email address. And then the next person will come along to me and say, no, no, I don't want that. I want pictures at the top. And then I want to, I don't know, you know, I want pictures all over it, maybe, you know, three rows of three pictures. People all want different designs. The theme is the way that you deliver that design, that layout that you want in a WordPress website. Now, the great thing about WordPress is that it comes bundled with some ready-made themes. And also there is a whole marketplace out there where there are hundreds and hundreds of free WordPress themes. And when I started using WordPress for the first time for about a year, maybe as long as two years, I used a free WordPress theme. But the problem with free themes is that when you have a theme, and I, if I provide a theme for free and I don't have a paid version, when WordPress updates, when things change, I'm going to have people say, oh, my theme's broken. Will you please fix it? This is broken now. That's broken now. And and I'm going to have loads of emails from people saying, the theme's broken. Will you fix it? And, and actually, there's no way I get paid for that. As the developer of that theme, I don't have a payment mechanism. So I got all these people shouting at me saying, will you mend the theme? It's broken. And I'm thinking, well, actually, I've got other things to do. I've got a living to earn. I don't make any money from this theme. I did it for free. And now, actually, it's become a bit of an albatross around my neck. And this is the problem with free themes is that people will create some great themes for free. But I don't know about you. I need to make a living out of the work that I do. I need to keep the roof over my head, you know, food in everybody's belly. And I need to pay the electricity and gas bills. So most of us need to work to generate an income. And my view is that although people create these free themes out of the goodness of their heart, out of this sort of sense of, of wanting to provide something for the WordPress community, the truth of it is that if they don't have a way of making money from that theme, eventually, at some point, 
they're going to say, well, I'm getting tired of this. I keep having to do all this work to maintain this theme. When WordPress does updates and changes, things keep breaking. People keep shouting at me. I'm just going to forget it and leave it now. And that is exactly what happened to the first theme that I used on WordPress. It was a great theme. It worked fabulously, but it eventually broke with the updates and the person who created that theme then stopped maintaining it. And I ended up with a WordPress website that was broken. And that then forced me into finding a different theme. And at that point, I learned my lesson and <laughs> and I did what I'm about to tell you to do now. So free might feel like it's fantastic. Now, you can still get free themes, but I like to vary the advice. I don't recommend that you get a free theme, but if a theme is free and you like it, always look to see if it has a paid upgrade. So, I call this sausage on a stick where they give you a free theme and it doesn't have all the features in it, but there's a paid upgrade all the time because I'm always looking, you see, free, free isn't free. When people do things for free, you need to ask yourself, how are they getting paid for the work they do? Because I can tell you, if they're not getting paid for the work they do, then at some point they're going to get fed up with it and that thing's going to fall by the wayside. People need to have a way, they need to have an income generation model because most of us aren't charities. We can't afford to be charities when we're creating things on the web. So look for themes that you like that might have a free option, but that also have a paid upgrade because what those theme creators are going to do is they're going to encourage you all the time to be upgrading. And in actual fact, when you find a theme that you like, you're probably going to want to upgrade anyway. And when you upgrade, it means that the developers get paid. There's a way of keeping the lights on in their business. Um, you know, they, they will probably charge you a renewal fee every year. And for that renewal fee, you'll get updates and upgrades and therefore your WordPress theme won't break and it won't then do what it did to me with my WordPress website, which is force me to find a new one at a time that wasn't particularly of my choosing. It was forced by breakages on the site. I had to find something to fix my site. So my recommendation always is never go for free only. If you go for free, check to see if it's got a paid upgrade or just buy the bullet and buy one and, and get and pay for the updates. Remember, I, I know free might feel attractive at some time, and I'm not suggesting for one moment that you pay a fortune for this, but people need to get paid for the work they do. You need to get paid for the work you do. <laughs> and if free doesn't have a, a way of making people money, then it's probably, frankly, not going to survive for a long time. So I've learned that through painful experience, and so I recommend it to you as your strategy. Now, the other thing, this is number five now on my list of 10 things. The other thing you need to know is about the classic and the block editor. One of the first things you're going to do when you get a WordPress website is you're going to want to create blog posts or page, uh, you're going to create page content. You're going to want to create content, basically. Now, recently, at the time of recording this audio, which is 2020, 2020, March 2020. The problem is that WordPress is in a time of transition. I've used it for years, well over a decade, and we've used something called the classic editor. And anybody who's used WordPress for any length of time will be very familiar with the classic editor. We all know and love it, and, and it's fantastic. We It basically just looks like pretty much like it would do a Word document. You know, it's got the bold, it's got the underline, it's got the italics, it's got the sort of standard format for changing the fonts and things like that. It's it's a pretty standard format. But in 2019, or probably before that they announced it, but in 2019, 
WordPress triggered a change. They were going to change the way that you edited pages online. And they made that change because there were lots of other people creating what we call site builders or block builders. I'm going to talk to you about those in a moment or two um, to create content. I think, I think basically WordPress recognized that they'd been, WordPress had been going for years and years and years and it become a bit of a Frankenstein's monster that they'd changed the code and they'd changed the formats and so many things had changed since they first released it that they really needed to recreate the editor from the ground upwards. So they did that. And so now we've got the classic editor, which is the one I know and love and people who've used uh, WordPress for years now and love. And you've got this new block editor. Now, I hate the block editor, <laughs> right? I hate it with a passion. And I think it's fair to say that the majority of people who've been using WordPress for a long time hate the block editor. Um, and let me tell you why I hate it. I don't just hate it because it's change, because I, I do generally like to try and embrace change. I've tried it. Um, what it is, is an interruption to my workflow. I don't think it's intuitive. I don't think it's faster. I don't think it improves anything. I think it's harder to use if it's the first time you've used it. I don't think it's intuitive. There are many, many, many reasons why I don't like the new block editor that WordPress has introduced. And I think that I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't know anything about how things get done at WordPress, but my view of it is, is that in sorting out the code in the background, they completely forgot about you and me, the people who are writing blog posts and creating content. And frankly, if that doesn't serve us, if that doesn't make our life easy, if it disrupts our, our content creation routines, then we're never going to embrace the new block editor. Now, with that said, if you don't know anything, any different, if you, log into WordPress for the first time, you don't know anything, you don't even, never even heard of the classic editor and you just have to use the block editor. Well, you know, you might just get on with it and love it and, and look at the classic editor and laugh at people like me who use the old classic editor and say, I don't know why you use that. The block editor is much cooler. That may be a case. Now, at the, at the moment, at the time I'm recording this, we could have a choice. We don't have to use the block editor. We could use either the classic or the block editor. And I am using the classic editor. I know lots and lots and lots of people who hate the block editor like me are still using the classic editor. Now, my view of this is I can tell you that WordPress has agreed to support the old classic editor till at least the end of 20. Uh, I think it's 2020. I'm getting my dates wrong. It might be 2021, but it's certainly 2020. So there is a long period of support for the classic editor. So people like me can, uh, well, I'm not, I'm not sort of burrowing the head in the sand, but I am, if you want, um, I am waiting because I'm hoping that they turn the block editor into something usable in the meantime, by the time I'm forced to use it. I'm hoping they've got so much feedback that it, by the time I have to use it, it'll be something that I like and, and can get on with. But at the time of recording this, it really isn't. I hate the thing. <laughs> I'm afraid. Uh, but by the time we get there, I think it'll be, I hope it'll be sorted. If it's not sorted, by the way, somebody, because this is the way WordPress works, somebody will create a plugin that allows us to continue to use the classic editor. And that's the great thing about WordPress. There's always somebody out there who will come up with a solution. So I've used WordPress long enough to know that even if there isn't an official classic editor, WordPress, you know, editor plugin, then there will be a, there will be an unofficial one that allows me to, to, to see the format that I want to, to see to, to edit. So, Point number five, then, I want you to use the classic editor plugin. Now, I probably should have started this or preceded this by telling you what plugins are. I'm going to do that in point six. But I just want to, I just want to raise that right at the beginning, because when you install your WordPress site, 
using Softaculous, if you use SiteGround as I'm recommending, Softaculous will recommend a couple of plugins for you and you'll need to check the boxes to say, do you want these plugins? And it will ask you if you want to use the classic editor plugin. And I'm going to recommend when you install your WordPress site that you click the classic editor plugin. Um, and then that way, uh, you'll be able to make head or tail of the editor and you'll know what you're doing. I think it's a lot easier with the classic editor plugin, or at least you'll be able to choose rather than just be given the block editor, which is now uh, default. I want you to be able to compare and contrast and assess the difference. So the reason I put that before the next section is because that's a decision you'll have to make when you're actually installing WordPress, when you're in SiteGround and you're using the Softaculous auto installer. So let's move on to point six then and talk about plugins. The classic editor is comes as a plugin. Now plugins are a thing of great beauty. When you install WordPress, there are two things that you can do that allow you to customize a WordPress website. So WordPress works out of the box. It has a theme installed, not particularly a pretty theme, but it has a free theme installed. You are allowed to create blog posts straight away and you can create what we call pages straight away. And so you don't have to do anything else if you don't want to once you've installed WordPress from Softaculous. But my bet is that when you install WordPress out the box, you'll say, mm, actually, I want to do a little bit more with this. And the first thing you'll usually want to do is get a new theme. I've talked to you about themes already um, and to make WordPress look the way you want it to look. And then the next thing is you're probably going to say things like, well, I want to have social media buttons on there. I want to have a contact us form on my WordPress site. I want to know that it's set up for search engine optimization, SEO. I also want to know that it's a secure website so that people can't hack in and, and mess up my content. I also want to know that everything's being downloaded really fast. I want a fast WordPress website. So you're probably going to have all this list of expectations on your website. And the great thing about WordPress is the way that we deliver those extras that you're likely to want is via plugins. Plugins. So we've already discussed themes. Plugins are a way that you add extra functionality to the basic WordPress website. So you want a contact form on your website. That's fine. There's a plugin for that. You want to sort out the search engine optimization on your WordPress site. That's fine. There's a plugin for that. You want to sort out the security on your WordPress website. That's fine. There's a plugin for that. And just like themes, plugins can be free and they can also be paid for. And once again, the same philosophy, I think, goes with plugins, that you're better if you're looking at the longevity of your business, you don't want it to be disrupted. You're better looking for plugins that are either paid for. So there's a way of supporting the people who create them so that they will update them and keep them upgraded and keep them working and secure all the time. Or if it's a free plugin, always look to make sure there's a paid upgrade. You see, the thing about free and paid is that if there's always an upgrade, there's a way that people can make a living from this, but also they're incentivized to keep the free plugin or the free theme up to date and working because they're not going to sell any of the paid version if the free version is rubbish. And that's really why I'm looking at that that relationship between free and paid. Free is sausage on a stick like a supermarket when I'm getting you to taste a piece of sausage and you say, well, that's delicious. And then you go and buy three packets. This is exactly the same. We're using in that scenario a free theme or a free plugin to encourage you to try it in the hope that you will like it and then upgrade to the paid version. And then we've got, we've got you where you can then sort of pay me a salary. I get paid for the work that I do. So plugins then 
increase the functionality on your WordPress website. And I'm just gonna give you some recommended starter plugins here, just to give you a sensation of this. And by the way, these are all free plugins and uh, and they also have paid upgrades, most of them. So I think the plugin that you've probably all heard of, many people have heard of, is Yoast. Yoast is a free and paid plugin that provides search engine optimization on your WordPress blog, Yoast, Y-O-A-S-T. Now I don't use Yoast personally. I use an alternative called All-in-One SEO plugin, the All-in-One SEO plugin. Uh, but but Yoast is what most people will recommend to you. I, I, I've always found Yoast a bit overcomplicated personally. I prefer All-in-One SEO, but I mentioned Yoast because if you talk to any web developer, if anybody ever quotes you for making a WordPress site, I put money on, most of them will tell you that they use Yoast. So that's, I use it because it's familiar. I don't want to recommend something that you've never even heard of and most people won't have even heard of. Uh, but Yoast is absolutely fine. It's a little bit more complicated than I would want for most beginner users. You know, I'm training this a lot and I think Yoast confuses people or certainly beginners. That's why I don't use it or recommend it in my training. Uh, my alternative is all-in-one uh, SEO, search engine optimization. Now, with that said, I also have WordPress security on my website. And again, another uh, uh, plugin that's great for that is all-in-one WP security. All-in-one WP security is great for that. And by the way, all these links are available at wordpressunboxed.com, wordpressunboxed.com with a hyphen in between the words. All of these links will be available there so you can take a look at them. I use anti-spam by Creative Motion. And Creative Motion, um, there, there, is a, there is a great anti-spam plugin that comes ready bundled with WordPress. It's called Akismet. And it, ironically, I didn't know what it was for years. I thought it's got a silly title. I didn't even know what it does. It, it, it's fair to say it's a brilliant spam plugin. But the problem was you used to be able to use it for free. Uh, several years ago, they started charging for it. And if you've got multiple sites, it's very, very expensive to use on multiple sites. Um, you know, because you have to charge, you have to pay per site. So the pricing model of Akismet is not really very clever. Um, and that, that's the problem with it. But the product is brilliant. So I try to find an alternative for that because you do get, um, sort of spam on your WordPress site. But I use now anti-spam by Creative Motion. That does a great job for me. And it's actually a free plugin. I'm not even sure whether there is a paid one. I use the free one. I've used it free for years. And it is updated regularly, even though the basic is free. I don't think I've even checked to make sure uh, whether there is an up upgrade. But it's a good little plugin, anti-spam by Creative Motion. You're probably going to want to have a contact form on your site. Now, I always say to people, just just see how amazing the web is these days, because it used to take me, when I was coding contact me forms in Dreamweaver, it used to take about half a day to make one of these when you were hand coding it. And there were always, it was such a complicated process. And you used to spend half a day, you know, building the thing, testing it, snagging it, working out why it wasn't working. It was a really big job in the old days. Whereas nowadays you can just get these free WordPress plugins and say, I want to contact me form that gives you the person's name, their email address and their comment. And then they click a button and off it goes. And there are loads of these plugins. But the one I've used for years is Fast Secure Contact Form. That's a free plugin. It has paid upgrades. It's also important, as well as having a, a Yoast plugin or a search engine optimization plugin, it's also important, I think, that you're optimized so that Google can find you and index you in its website, in its uh, search engine. And I have used for years a free plugin called Google XML Sitemaps. And effectively what this does is it will auto-submit your 
website to the search engines. Most people know Google, but there are other search engines out there. It will automatically submit your website for indexing to all the search engines, but it also creates a very Google-friendly, what's called a sitemap. Google always looks for a sitemap. It's, it's something that Google looks for. It's not something that human readers need, and it crawls the sitemap and it indexes your website quickly and efficiently, and it helps you in the search engine. So I've used this for years, Google XML sitemaps. And then finally, um, these are just, I use all sorts of plugins. This is just a recommended starter selection. I also use SG Optimizer. Um, SG stands for SiteGround, and you have to use this if you're, you get this. It's a free plugin, but you need to get the most of it. You need to be using SiteGround hosting, but it enables you to speed up your website and deal with all sorts of little technical niggly problems that you get in the background with WordPress. Now, most people would be completely oblivious to these, these issues. They're usually speed issues, to be fair, about images loading fast and pages loading fast. But um, without over-geeking you in this presentation, I would just say to you, uh, I recommend using SiteGround hosting. And then if you install a WordPress site using SiteGround, make straight for the free SG Optimizer plugin because that will ensure, along with the brilliantly tuned SiteGround WordPress hosting, the, the SG Optimizer will make sure that your website is working really, really well and going as fast as it can do. It will kind of tune it up basically and make sure that the engine is purring. Let's move on to number seven on my list. And you've got to get the SEO, the search engine optimization basics right on your WordPress website. Now, a lot of people just think that if they put a, a plugin in, or if they just put a couple of keywords in there, that that's going to do the job. But in actual fact, there's slightly more to SEO than, than meets the eye. And WordPress helps you with all of this. Now, this is not a lesson in SEO, but let me tell you that I've been on WordPress for well over a decade. I usually with WordPress, I just write blog posts. I don't massively think about SEO, more about shares and things like that. But every now and then I write a post that I, I very specifically SEO, search engine optimize. I optimize it specifically because I want to rank very well in the search engines for it. And usually those are pages uh, that have a sale connected to them because I'm they're commercial pages for me. And I want to make sure that those pages go as high in the search engines as I can. And I just use, and I have used for years, very, very simple principles. Now I learned these principles years ago before I even had a WordPress website when I started doing this for my own. This is in 2008. I started all of this many, many years ago, buying a product called Site Build It, Site Build It. And Site Build It's still going actually, but even Site Build It has moved into WordPress now. But what Site Build It used to do, the whole premise was building a search engine optimized content website uh, using SEO principles, which frankly still work today. So the whole premise of Site Build It was we don't cheat the search engines, we create great websites that Google loves at indexes, and then we make money from those websites. And I say Site Build It, you know, just it's still a great product. Uh, I moved away from Site Build It because I kind of learned how to make my own websites. I learned, I cut my teeth learning all about SEO on that Site Build It website. And in actual fact, I moved into WordPress. It's funny that actually Site Build It had to evolve and move into WordPress too. And so now they teach all those brilliant SEO principles, but they deliver it via optimized WordPress sites. But of course, I've learned how to do it on my own now, but the principles still remain. And the principles basically were that when you 
when you create web content, you need to make sure that the titles of your pages and the blog posts and the web URLs, this is all very easy in WordPress, that they all reflect your keywords. So if I'm going to write a post on WordPress plugins, for instance, my blog post title might be 10 amazing WordPress plugins. So the, the keyword is WordPress plugins. That's the, the what people will search for online, WordPress plugins. And that's what I'm trying to meet as a as a as a blog post that kind of comes up in the search results when people search for WordPress plugins. So my title would need to include the words WordPress plugins and my URL for the page, say it was on my blog, paulteague.com, my URL, my web link for the page would need to be something like paulteague.com forward slash WordPress hyphen plugins. And the title on the page in bold using a title header, um, which is just like in, if you go into Microsoft Word, you can have headings and subheadings or sub, uh, titles and subtitles. Uh, the terminology tends to change, but it means the same thing. You would have a, a title, a headline there that was, you know, amazing WordPress plugins. And then you would use the keyword WordPress plugins in a human way. So it reads nicely. You don't do what's called keyword stuffing, where you just keep saying something like WordPress plugins are great. I love WordPress plugins. You must use WordPress plugins. That doesn't read well for a human reader. So you need to write text that's sensible and informative and useful for the human reader, but you need to weave in the keyword WordPress plugins, if that is your keyword. And also, this is the bit that most people miss. And it's particularly important if you're doing something like a travel plugin or something where the images matter. When you upload the images, never upload images that just say something like 01234.jpg. You need to say what the image is. So if you're uploading a picture of a pair of scissors, you need to label the JPEG or the PNG file or the GIF file scissors.jpg. You need to describe it because all of these things give Google clues about what your content is about. Google is a stupid machine. It's the most, you know, one of the most clever machines on the earth, but essentially it's a stupid machine. If you don't tell it what it is, then it doesn't know. Now, let me just add a little bit to that. We're coming into the ages of AI, artificial intelligence, where frankly, Google's going to be able to identify virtually everything. So you're not going to have to tell it what a picture is. It will look at it and it will know what a picture is. And to be honest with you, it's pretty well already doing that. I don't know whether you ever looked at the Google Glasses experiment, but that was already um, identifying objects and even locations. So we're kind of already there. Um, but the, the, the truth holds that if you use these good SEO principles, it will never do you any harm and it will probably do you a lot of good. So you need to have a SEO plugin and it could be Yoast or All-in-One SEO, uh, the one that I use, um, or any of the others that are available uh, in the WordPress marketplace. You need to make sure you label your images correctly, particularly if you are a product seller or you're doing a travel plugin where those Keywords are really important. You need to use titles and subheadlines within each blog post that uses those keywords, as well as the main URL, the new main web link in WordPress. And it's very easy to change those web links in WordPress. And you need to use it, a smattering of that keyword, but not stuffing your content uh, within the text itself. And that is SEO in a nutshell. And I've been using those principles for years. I don't have any great budget and I can still get 
posts that I'm specifically targeting, where I, I, I kind of do all the bases, all the things I know that are right. When I focus on a page and do all the things I know that are right, I can get pages just using that strategy onto the front page of Google. So those systems work and always will work. Let's move on to number eight then. I mentioned a little bit earlier, I was talking about the classic and the block editor in WordPress. And the reason that I think, well, one of the reasons WordPress was forced into looking at alternatives for the basic editor is that um, site builders have become more and more prevalent on WordPress. And I've used site builders for many, many years now. So I don't use a standard WordPress theme. I use a, a plugin or a theme that allows me to build very customized pages. So something I've done for a lot of time because I come from an internet marketing background is that I have used um, sales pages. I create sales pages that have videos on them and they're very special kind of format of page. And, and I've used um, a product called Optimize Press for many, many years now. Now Optimize Press at the time of recording this is on version three. I've used it since version one was launched and I've used, I must have been using version two I must have been using that for at least five or six years. I don't know how long it's been out now. And I still use version two as the main plugin on my website. Now, Optimize Press, it's a slightly more advanced builder. I'm not recommending that you get it unless you know your way around WordPress already. Um, you know, it was what I moved into later on in my WordPress career when I'd used how to, uh, when I decided how to use it. But I, I'm going to use it. I'm going to recommend another one for you, by the way, and it's free. Um, I use Optimize Press and it allows me to completely customize the kind of pages that I need because I've been in a sales environment. I sometimes need autoplay videos and I need website. I need logins for MailChimp to, for people to give me the name and email address. I, I need a much more bespoke kind of plugin than I could generally get. And I use one of these site builders to do that. And Optimize Press was the one I used for years. And actually I'm migrating now to Thrive Themes and Thrive Themes allows me to do exactly the same thing. Um, I really like Thrive Themes. It allows me to build completely customized pages on my websites. It gives me all sorts of extras, marketing extras as well. So Thrive Themes is a complete WordPress marketing suite. It's absolutely amazing. So I, I still use Optimize Press, but I'm moving more and more and more into Thrive Themes. But both of those products are advanced marketing products. By advanced, you kind of need to know your way around marketing. So if you don't know what I mean by building your list, then you shouldn't be using those. Um, you know, if, if you don't know about um, A-B split testing, if you don't know what I mean by those things, then you should not even be looking at those products. You need to know one end of a sales message from another. You need to know some basic marketing principles. But don't worry, those are just the ones that I use. I want to recommend another free tool for you. And I think it's fair to say now that if you want to experiment with a site builder, I would tell you to look at Elementor. Elementor. Now, Elementor meets my criteria for a great product in that it has a free plugin that you could experiment with, and it's got lots and lots of functionality on that plugin, but also it has paid upgrades. At Elementor, it's a, it's very widely used. Um, interestingly, before that, it used to be a site builder called Divi, D-I-V-I. Divi was the one that most people used, uh, but it made a change in the way that you created the page, and I went off it after that. So Elementor is the one I'm going to recommend to you now, but you might want to check out Divi as well. Um, and a lot of people use Divi, but for my taste of training people, because I'm usually training people who've never used WordPress before, Elementor is the one I like. Now, the reason I like Elementor, the difference with the site builder, when you use a WordPress theme, 
um, basically the theme, the person who created the theme pretty well tells you where everything's going to be. You know, I've designed the theme. I want you to have a nice banner at the top. You're going to have a video in the middle and then you're going to have about us at the bottom. And I, I made the theme. That's how it looks. The great thing about theme, uh, these site builders is that you can say, I want a header at the top and then I want a video in the middle. And at the side of it, I want a picture of me. And then below that, I want people to be able to opt into an email address. And below that, I want a map of where our business is based. With site builders, you get exactly the site that you want with exactly the layout that you want. And that's why these have become more popular in recent years. You get exactly what you want with a site builder. And the problem with the theme is that usually you don't quite get what you want. You might, you might see a theme and you say, oh, I love that theme. That's brilliant. And then you look at the demo and you think, well, it looks fantastic. But when it comes to it, you try and do it yourself and it's actually a little bit harder or you have to pay for something to enable you to do that. It's not quite what you thought you were getting. But with a site builder, you get exactly what you want. Everything is exactly where you want it in the way that you want it. And I think that's absolutely you know, great. And I, I've moved over to site builders now. And I think most people would say actually site builders are the way they want it. Now, the problem with site is not a problem, um, but if you're kind of quite old fashioned about this, a lot of people with websites start out by saying, oh, I want a beautiful website. It's got to be beautiful. It, you know, first of all, it must be aesthetically beautiful. And, and actually, and I, I do a presentation for businesses where I show them some statistics. And, and actually, I, I haven't got the statistics to hand, but it's something like it's, it's, it's over 70% of people just want a website where they can find what they want and it works easily. But they don't really care about that. They expect it not to look dodgy and ropey, but they want a website that works. And the other thing I can tell you is if you ever get into Google Analytics, for most businesses, 60, 70, I'm hearing businesses saying it's as much as 80, 90% now are coming on mobile devices. So, and you know, on a mobile device, you want what you want is generally a fairly plain, white and easy to navigate website. So that's really important that you think about how you look on the web. And so site builders are great for that. They just build fairly plain, uncomplicated sites. I mean, they look great. They look fine, but they're lean, they're clean, they're branded, of course, but the sites look great, whether you're looking at them on a huge PC screen or whether you're looking at it on a tiny mobile screen. So I, I much prefer site builders now to themes. I think they're much better. They're much more flexible. And you you pretty well get what you want. You know, you can say exactly where things go. And if you change your mind, you just drag and drop it and move the position on it. Um, An Elementor is the one I'm going to recommend to you because I think it's really obvious how to use it. It's just drag and drop. I want a video here. Just drag and drop it. Insert the video link. And I've got a video on my web page. It's just really very simple. The basic Elementor plugin is free and there's loads of functionality on that. But obviously you're going to have to pay to upgrade. It's not a fortune, but you have you have to pay to upgrade to get all the features. But even the basic free feature gives you loads of things to do. And I'm now training Elementor as part of my WordPress training. And the other thing to bear in mind, by the way, just to take you all the way back to when I was talking to you about the classic and the block editor, the site builders like Elementor allow you to completely override that issue anyway the classic and the block edits. You can override it completely when you use something like Elementor. So it even future-proofs you against whether, you know, do I want to use classic? Do I want to use block editor? Actually, if you just use something like Elementor, you don't even, you're never even faced with that decision. You could just look at it the way you want to look at it in a nice, simple editing panel. So that's my recommendation to you with site builders. Get Elementor, get the free one, have a play with it, see how you like it.
Let's move on to item number nine now, and this is site essentials. And it's funny, I've been doing talks and presentations and trainings about WordPress for several years now. And these three things have come up, and they weren't there when I started teaching WordPress, but they come up every time now, and they're really important. The reason that they're important is that these are now a requirement from Google. So if you want your website to rank well in the search engines, you can't just get the search en engine optimization right. You've also got to bear in mind these elements as well, because if you don't meet Google's strict criteria with these, when they're deciding who to bump up and who to bump down, you'll be going down a bit rather than up a bit. And they're very simple to sort out, but you do need to know about them. And I've already alluded to two of them. Number one is SSL certificates. Secure sockets layer is what it means, but that doesn't matter. You don't even need to know about that. You just need to know it's an SSL certificate and that an SSL certificate sits on a server. You don't have to worry about that. Somebody will sort this out for you. And if you get SiteGround hosting, SiteGround, it'll just be a click of a button and it's all taken care of. But you, you've been using these for years. Um, if you've been using the web for any length of time, you will know that when you put your credit card details online, you need to look for that little padlock in the browser bar because it tells you it's a secure connection. And basically, you'll be familiar with people having all sorts of spoof websites and things like that. And as a basic web standard, it's now the done thing, the right thing to do to have one of these SSL certificates to basically confirm that, you know, this is a legitimate uh, sort of website and it's um, a basic secure connection. That's really all, all that we're proving. Now, if you're a bank or a credit card company, let me tell you the kind of hoops that you have to jump through to get your SSL certificate is immense. But for the, the very basic SSL certificates that we need for our websites, it's, it's minimal. Basically, we just have to prove that we're kind of connected to the hosting company that provides the website. So I sign up for SiteGround. SiteGround has my details and my credit card details. So SiteGround says on my portie.com domain, that's fine. You get a very basic level of SSL certificate. So I get that little padlock on my website and it says that this site is basically secure. Now, there are different levels of SSL certificates. If you are a bank or a credit card, let me tell you, those certificates cost a fortune and the hoops you have to jump through to get one are immense. For us, all that Google requires us to have is just a very basic, the most basic level of SSL certificate. So for me, because I use SiteGround, I get eight of those or however many websites it is I've got on my SiteGround account. Now I get eight of those for free because they're bundled as part of my hosting. Um, they used to cost about £10 to get from sites, but I noticed the prices have been creeping up now. Uh, but you only ever need the cheapest kind of SSL basic certificate. You don't need any more than that um, because we're not taking payments. We're not doing anything fancy. We're just doing this for Google. And Google is looking for that now. And you may have noticed that when you go to web some websites, you, you click on the URL and you get a warning that says, this site is not secure, only proceed if you know what you're doing. Now, as a business, you don't want that ever to happen to you and you avoid that getting an SSL certificate. Now, the other thing that's really important now, and I think you know this needs to feed into your ideas of design because I've worked with a lot of people and to be honest with you, it's usually the problem where you've got a, a boss who's been doing things maybe since the 70s or 80s and their thinking is quite old fashioned in that when they think of a website, they're thinking effectively of recreating a, a paper brochure. They're thinking of it like a brochure that they would leave on a coffee table and they're trying to create that online. That's old fashioned thinking. And I don't want you to think that way when you create websites now, because as I said earlier, most people are coming to your website through a mobile device. It's a phone or a tablet. They're looking at it, it's small. And that website needs not to overwhelm them. It needs to have lots of white space. The buttons need to be easy to, 
to, to click on a, on a phone. And it's really important to think mobile first in anything you do. So if you're one of these people who says, oh yes, I want a, a website with a tremendous landscape and I want the background to be blue waves and all of this stuff, I'm going to have to tell you, don't do that. <laughs> don't do it. Don't over-design a website. The best websites now are the websites that look clean and airy and easy to use on a mobile device. And I can tell you because I work with businesses. It wasn't that long ago that I was saying that the the, the percentage of kind of mobile traffic was about 70%. But I'm getting business customers now telling me, no, it's more than that now. We're seeing 80 and 90% of people coming through our mobile phones. So you've got to think mobile first. How does your website look at a mobile phone? Because that's how the majority of people are going to look at it. And I've seen people with their beautiful website, they're looking at it on a huge computer screen saying, yes, it doesn't look at that. Look at the color, look at the branding. Doesn't that look wonderful? But you know, it just doesn't matter. You know, sure, you've got to have the branding. Sure, you might have your company colors. But what we need online now are clean, crisp, easy to navigate sites that look fantastic on mobile. If you haven't got that, then I'm sorry, but probably the website's not going to serve you very well. And site builders allow you to make sites like that. You can brand your site, you can have your logo on, you can have your picture on, whatever it is you want. You could do all of that, but we don't over-brand it. We don't have all sorts of fancy fonts and things like that. Just keep it simple, keep it clean, lots of white space, not too much color. By all means, brand it. By all means, let it have its personality and the images that you use. That's absolutely fine. But do not use an old-fashioned, over-designed website. They're old hat, they don't work, they don't serve the purpose anymore. Think clean, lean, think mobile friendly, think mobile first. And then finally, the third thing in this list is speed tests. And this is something, um, you know, I don't want to... I don't want to sort of sugarcoat some things with WordPress, but there are two issues with WordPress mainly. Number one is that they can go slow. They can get sluggish, but that's usually because you're on the, the wrong hosting or maybe you're using, uh, you know, free and not very good plugins. And then the other thing, so we've got slow, we've got security. Um, but you give me a problem with WordPress and I will give you a solution. And I will say to you, there are plugins that are free and paid that will solve that problem for you. And it's the same with speed tests. Now, if you do a search in Google for Google, you, you can do two searches, actually. Google mobile friendly test, Google mobile friendly test, and you'll get a little URL area where you can put your website address in and see if your website is mobile friendly. And also Google speed test, Google website speed test, just words like that that will bring it up in the search engines. Put your website URL into that little box there and see whether your your site is is fast enough. And chances are it probably won't be. Now, don't get hung up on this. I always say to people, look, probably if you're in the red, that's not very good. If you get an amber result, that's okay. You know, that's probably what most human beings could do. Um, and then if you get a green result, that's exceptional. But most people or many people won't get a green result. But if you're kind of red or amber, you probably need to have a look and say, well, how might I boost this speed? There's something going wrong here. This site is a little bit slow. And Google now is taking into account loading speed. Um, that's an important thing. It's a, what we call a ranking factor. It, it doesn't, you know, if, if you've got a slow site, you're not going to drop into obscurity. But Google looks at all these things. And I, I'm not even going to pretend that I know what the Google kind of algorithm is. But I, we do know that it's looking at many, many things. And site speed is one of those things. Because frankly, Google knows now, because it sees all the data, that 80, 90% of people, sometimes less, sometimes more, are accessing your website via a mobile device. If your site is slow to load on a mobile device, that gives a bad user experience. So Google is going to say, if you give people a bad user experience, well, then we need to be recommending you less rather than more. 
And that's, frankly, a very, very simple way of putting it. It's the same with your site being mobile friendly. It's the site with your it's the same with your website uh, having an SSL certificate. If you don't have those things, these are all, if you want strikes against your name that make you go slightly lower rather than slightly higher. And I want to give you the essentials that help you to get much higher there. Now, I've already talked to you about speed tests. We solve speed tests with SiteGround. We use the SG Optimizer plugin. Uh, you can use other plugins. There are other plugins available. You can use other hosting. Of course you can. There are always equivalents of what I'm telling you to do today. If you use a site builder, like uh, the one that I recommended earlier, Elementor, that's mobile friendly. If you use SiteGround hosting, you get your SSL certificate built in. We solve all of our problems when we use a great WordPress hosting service like SiteGround, and that's why I'm recommending it. There are others available. If you want an alternative, look at HostGator. If you don't want to take any notice of what I say, have a look at HostGator. That's another hosting service that works just as well and offers all of these things. I'm not sure whether it gives you the SSL having said that. You'll have to check that yourself, but it is a great place to start for beginners. So those are the site essentials. We're on number 10 now. Last thing I want to talk to you about is backups, updates, and clonings. Um, your WordPress websites, because it's an organic living, breathing thing, it will get updated. Your plugins will get updated. Your themes will get updated. You will constantly be running updates on your WordPress site, and you should run those updates because it keeps your WordPress website secure. And I mentioned security already. You need to run the updates to make sure that you're always secure so you don't have to worry about WordPress security. Now, there may come a time, and this may apply to me too, there may come a time when I look at SiteGround and I look at another service and I say, do you know what? SiteGround's not the service that I want to use anymore. I want to use this other service. And it might be because my websites are growing. I've got more websites. I found a cheaper, better value hosting, all sorts of reasons why you might want to move your WordPress website. And the great thing about it is it's portable. It's like the shell on a snail's back. We can just take it with us to new web hosting. Now, to make that simple, you need to be able to clone your website. Cloning is a great thing to be able to do on your website. And I use a plugin. It's free for basic and I pay for it often. In fact, I've I have literally just, just paid for it for the upgrade because I've been cloning some sites and moving them over. It just saves a lot of my time if I don't have to rebuild sites every time. So I use a plugin called Updraft Plus. Updraft Plus. And what Updraft Plus allows me to do at a very basic level, actually, in the free plugin, it allows you to have a backups regime on your WordPress website. So it will back up your WordPress website and you can set it up. So it will back up, say, once a week. You don't really need it more than once a week, I wouldn't say, maybe once a month, depending on how much work you're doing on it and how regular that work is. It creates a nice backup regime so that if you ever mess anything up, you can instantly, with just a few clicks of a button, you can have your website back and it's all sorted. It's also good to have Updraft Plus in because it's best practice with WordPress to back up your website before you upgrade your themes or the WordPress core files um, or your uh, plugins. It's best practice to do a snapshot, an update of your website, up upgrade the themes, the, the, the plugins, the, the, the core files, whatever they are you're updating. And then if anything breaks, you could then just go back to the previous version, the snapshot version that you saved. And cloning is brilliant. If you ever have to move your site, you could just, it takes minutes if you use something like Updraft. You literally make a clone and you send the clone to your new hosting service and your whole site with everything is absolutely replicated on your new hosting service. Absolutely amazing. And it only takes a few minutes. So I'm going to recommend to you Updraft Plus. 
In the first instance, you'll use the free version just to create a backups regime. And I'll let you know what I do. I usually back up once a week and I only keep the last three backups on the server. So I don't uh, end up clogging up the server. Uh, and that's enough for me because I don't, I'm not working on my sites that often. I just would really want to be able to, if I, make a complete mess of things and everything breaks. I really just want to be able to peg it back and take it to the last uh, changes that I made. But I've used Updraft Plus for years. In the last week at the time of recording this, I've used it to clone websites. It makes it even easier. It's just so brilliant. I've used it many, many times and it's a great plugin to have. Just use the free one for now. And then if you ever need it, just upgrade for the cloning um, if you ever need to move your website over. So thank you very much for listening to this Self-Publishing Journeys Author Bootcamp episode number one. 10 things you need to know about WordPress. To find out more, head over to paulteague.net forward slash WordPress and you'll see all the links and the resources that I've mentioned in this presentation.